We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From Coleman Smith, back to back here. He said, did everyone see that Jared Smith committed to Michigan? Of course, as the defensive lineman out of the state of Connecticut, Cheshire Academy that Notre Dame was recruiting for a while. As as much as it pains me to say, Michigan is on fire on the trail right now. Yeah, Michigan's doing well in recruiting right now. A lot better than last year. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're finally taking advantage of of, – you know, the, the success that they've had. There's no doubt. They yep. picked up uh, Brady Priestcorn, who's a, a, a quality tight end. I mean, he's yeah. a good player. I, I just like Jack Larson better. And I like Jack Larson's film better. I think that Jack Larson also fits better. Brady is a six six kind of a traditional tight end-ish kind of guy. He's, he's a lot like Cooper Flanagan and Eli Raritan and the guys already have. The thing I like about Jack Larson is Jack Larson has a, is a better fit for what Notre Dame was looking for in this class. They were looking for more of a H-backy type of guy. Move guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so uh, the fit was better, but he's a quality football player. And I thought Jack outplayed him at, at Irish Invasion as well. Uh, Jack was the best tight end there. And, and the kid from the Betancourt kid from Illinois was there. Yeah. Priest Corn was there. And Jack was the best tight end that day. I mean, just he just was. Uh, Jordan Marshall's a quality player. He's another guy that was at Notre Dame's Irish Invasion. And E.S. Williams just was better and, and, and had, to me, had better fun. But he's a very good football player. Good pickup for them. Uh, I think Jaden Davis is very overrated, but he's still a good football player. He's still a top 200 player to me. I just don't think he's a top 100 guy. Definitely not a five-star guy. But that's a good football player. Their offensive line class so far uh, is really good. I like it. I like it. Um, Mason Curtis, linebacker from Tennessee, he's a good player. Uh, Jared Smith's a good football player. I like Jared Smith. I just – I think Notre Dame had be- – there's better guys on the board. But we just – we argued this like a week ago. This is a good football player. And if, end, if he ends up in Notre Dame – He's a good football player. It's a good pickup. He's just not a needle mover, yeah. and he's not from Michigan either. Uh, and and the only the only one that I like, I'm not a I'm not super high on Jacob Odin at this point in time. I'm I, I'm he's got a Notre Dame looked at early, and I just was like, that's just no. Mm-mm. He's yeah. committed to Michigan too. But that's a good that's a good early start, Ryan. I mean, it's 14 kids. Jacob Odin was at the Irish Invasion. You were at yeah. as well, I believe. Right? Yeah. He yeah. was okay. Yeah. yeah, he just yeah. he was okay, but. Um, you know, it's it's a good class. It's just to me not quite 
it's not quite what they're making it out to be because the the best recruit in the class is not the best recruit in their class, and that's Jaden Davis. I, I just, I you tell me, Ryan, what yeah. am I missing? Because I don't need, I don't, Jay, I, I, I need, I need to watch he, more. I never. He's watched not even in my top ten in the class of quarterback, Ryan. He's a yeah, four star, but like. Rayola's better. CJ's better. Michael Van Buren's better. Just the, the kid. I can't. I can never remember this kid's last name. The kid going to Florida State that just recommit. Like just said, hey, I'm not going anywhere. Like, he's a much. But he's a much better quarterback than he is. Julian Sands a better quarterback than Jaden. I mean, it's just five off the top of my head. Yeah. And and there's some other guys. I just I don't see it with Jaden Davis. I, I just don't. I need I need to watch him. I haven't thoroughly yeah. watched him yet. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get down to this uh, next one, Ryan. Um, next question is from John Wayne's Winchester. Is there any other? Is there any world in which Notre Dame could have the number one overall draft pick next year, or is it is that Jabroni at South Carolina? Southern Cal. <laughs> sure, that's what I say. What did I say? Sharp- so- South Carolina. Oh, I'm sorry. Southern Cal sharpied in at the top spot. So I was just. Funny that you were calling Caleb Williams a jabroni. Sorry. Well, yes. uh, here's the reason I would say I have here's I think Caleb Williams is going to be the number one pick no matter who has it because I think what would happen is if a team that already has a quarterback has the number one pick, they would trade it to someone else who wants the quarterback. Would you agree? That's probably what happens. That usually happens. Yeah. yeah. Could I see a scenario where Joe Alt is the number one overall pick? Yeah, I could. It just depends on what kind of year he has and who yeah. has the number one pick. So I'm, I'm trying to think of a scenario, Ryan. Like, let's just say, where, where who has does Carolina has the number one pick this year? Right? They traded up for it. Yep. And so they won't have the number one pick last year, next year, correct? Because they traded their first rounder, so they won't have it. Yes. Right. Correct. Yep. So I'm, I'm trying to think of where do you project right now, Bryce Young going? 
Oh, number one. He's going to go number one. To Carolina. Yes. Where do you see C.J. Stroud going? Colts. It doesn't have to be per- So Colts at four. Yeah. So let's maybe. say next year the Colts are, are, are not good again. Yeah. And they have the number one overall pick. This is for argument's sake, right? Yeah. They're like, look, we got a great guard. You know, we don't have a left tackle. Well, I don't know if they do or don't. I'm just making a point. We have a chance to get a generational left tackle to protect our generational quarterback, our franchise quarterback. Or Excuse me, not generational. We have a franchise left tackle that we can mm-hmm. draft to protect our franchise quarterback. You're going to have to give me a lot to move me off of this spot. Right. I could see that. I'm not predicting. I'm saying I could see that if Joe Walt, because the reason I say that, Ryan, is because to me, there are really only three positions right now, the way the game is, that will go number one. Quarterback, left tackle, D-end. That's it. D-line. That's it. You're not going to see a linebacker pick number one. No. I it's been what how many it's been decades since we've seen a receiver go number one. I think Keyshawn was the last one, I believe. Keyshawn was right? the last one. Yep. You're not gonna have a tight end go number one. You're not gonna have a corner go number one. You're not gonna have a safety go number one, and you're not gonna have a linebacker go number one. I mean, am, am I unless somebody it it would blow the draft world away if, if one of those positions went number one, right? Yes. Yep. Well, Joe Walt plays one of those premium positions where we have seen guys get picked number one overall. It's just that. Still very rare, though. I think the last offensive tackle go number one is who? Eric Fisher, probably? Probably, yeah. And then before that, it was Jake Long. I remember he was the right. first by the We're, Dolphins. We see guys that kind of get picked in the top five, but it, it's just yes. kind of one of those things. It would have to depend. Like, So here's where the number one tackles have been picked in the last decade. The last 10 years, the top – there was – so last year, six, seven, nine. Yep. Year before that, seven. Year before that, four and ten. Year before that, eleven. Year before that, nine. Yeah. Year before that, twenty. That was a bad, bad tackle class. Year before that, six and eight. Tunsil went thirteen. Tunsil was probably going to go higher if not for the issues yeah, he, he had. He would have been in top five. Right. Yeah. Thirteen before that, two overall. Greg Robinson, two overall. Jake Matthews <sighs> at six. Don't remind me of the Greg Robinson yeah. pick by the Rams. Eric please. Fisher in twenty thirteen was one. Yes. Matt Khalil was four. Yep. I mean, so so you're saying top five, Trent Williams is four. It just, it always depends on who has the pick. Right. That's the thing. If I'm a team and I'm picking third or fourth, I'm getting extra capital to let that other team to move up to number one. And I'm hoping that Joe Walt's still there at number three or four. That's yeah. That's you- my hope. If you have a franchise quarterback and you're still picking number one, that probably tells you that your roster stinks, right? So trading back is right. probably the best option in that Un- situation. But again, unless the 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 if 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 I need a D lineman, I'm trading back. But again, I'm a big believer that if you just took a franchise quarterback and you get a chance to draft a franchise tackle, but I don't know that Joe Walt's there yet, and that's the other part of this, right? Uh, yeah. Like, like yeah. he could be there. If yes. he makes that big year three jump as a starter, then sure, he could be in that conversation. Yep. Um, I definitely think he'd be in that conversation if he stays for another year after that, even more so. But he could be. And, and the question was, is there any world in which that happens? Yeah, there's a world in which that happens. Sure. There's a world. And he's Just the only kid on the see. roster that could be that because of the position. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's just the, that's just the reality of it. So, 
Yep. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see like the number one overall picks in the last. Uh, let's go back to since Keyshawn in '97, right? '96, Ryan. Since then, the yeah. number one overall pick, offensive tackle, quarterback, quarterback, DN, quarterback, 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 DN, quarterback, offensive tackle, quarterback, 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 offensive tackle, defensive end, quarterback, quarterback, defensive end, quarterback, 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 quarterback defensive end and this year is going to be quarterback <laughs> right yes so when a guy like caleb williams comes along it's probably gonna be number one pick yes even if the team that's picking number one doesn't need a quarterback <laughs> that's just the reality of it yep. so and he's the kind of guy that you trade the guy you drafted two years ago for him <laughs> I mean, you know <laughs> what i mean like the bears might have been a little bit more willing to move on from justin fields <laughs> at number one if if they could get Caleb Williams, you know what I mean? Maybe who knows, but uh, I mean, I, and yeah, you can call him a jabroni or whatever, but the very the, good player, the, man. <laughs> the thing for me about Caleb Williams is this is what is so dumb about his decision to put that stuff on his fingernails. Cause if you actually read about Caleb Williams, you're like, this is a really good kid. He's a good human. Yep. Like he gives away a lot of his NIL money to charity and different things. And he does a lot of things that you want your quarterback to be about, but then he does that one stupid immature thing. And that's all anybody's talking about. Yep. This is not some punk kid. That's a bad attitude and going to, I mean, in, you know, we, we see him wearing the flashy suits. I don't care about that. I mean, he's, he's building an image because we live in an NIL or where you need to build that image. Right. That's I don't fault yep. him for that. Have you seen some of the goofy crap that Joe Burrow wears in the games? <laughs> That guy, it's like, dude, are you, are you in the NBA or something? Like, you and Cam Newton are just like, what do you guys do? Cam Newtons right? are over the top. It's man. insane. They have been, yeah, yeah. But the whole thing is, but that doesn't make them bad people. If you, if you, if you could, if, if Cam, if Caleb Williams would not have done that FND and F Utah thing on his fingernails, I think yeah. the perception of him by a lot of people is completely different. I think so too. Because, yeah. Anyone that I've ever talked to that's known the kid or does any kind of background into the things he's involved in, you're like, that's exactly what you want your franchise quarterback to be doing. But guess what, guys? He's a sophomore in college. I praise God that people were not advertising nationally things that I did as a sophomore in college. Thank God that that's <laughs> not the reality of it, right? I, I was doing nothing but great things when I was a sophomore in yes. college. You keep telling yourself that your sarcasm is in rare form today, my friend, Sorry, you're bringing man. it Sorry. today. You are bringing the Sorry. heat today, my friend. All right, let's get to some more here for Ryan. Um, I'll ask this one, Ryan, cause this is for okay. you uh, from Jason Smith. What is your opinion of Tyson Bagent? He seems to be a baller. Uh, Tyson Badgett know who that is. is yes. Pageant. He is a quarterback out of Shepard. Actually, the oh, West Virginia kid. All right. Yeah, man. I think he threw for 153 touchdowns in his career or something like that. Like just absolute <laughs> nutty numbers, like nutty numbers. He actually had the option division two kid. I know the University of Maryland actually was very interested in bringing Tyson Badgett up. Try to get him to transfer up. He stayed at Shepard. 6'3", 220 pounds or so, 215, 220. He was actually at the senior bowl this year. So there's obviously some interest there. I think arm strength-wise, it's NFL caliber. I don't think it's a plus arm, though. I think it's just a good, solid NFL arm. I think he's an okay athlete that can invade in the pocket when he needs to. It's just 
And he's a good, he's an accurate quarterback too. And I think, I think he reads the field pretty well. He hits backside progressions well in that offense that he comes out of. It's just jump from division two to NFL is pretty massive jump, right? So, you know, he's a, he's going to be a late round drafted kid. And I think there's some developmental upside as far as being a backup quarterback at the next level. He's got, he's got some talent to work with, man. He's a good player. Uh, you said what day three? Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be a sixth to seventh round player, but he'll have a chance to stick because he's so smart. So, would you say, Ryan? I'm going to ask you a question that I'm curious yep. about. So, yep. obviously, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, yes. Hendon Hooker seem to be the top five right now. Yeah, who's the next quarterback off the board, and when do you think your predict? Not a prediction, but like kind of what you're hearing, what what you think yeah. is going to be the next guy. I think there's two names that people like a lot. That for different reasons. I think one is Jake Hayner out of Fresno State, who Man. I think has kind of got that – he's got kind of that gamer tag to him, right? Yeah. It's like he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he actually has a pretty strong arm for his size. Yeah. He's a pretty good outside of structure and just got some good arm talent to him, man. Like he's a talented yeah. kid. It's just he's Love six foot kid. and 195, 200 pounds, right? He's a little bit smaller. But right. I like I like Hayner. I think the NFL likes Hayner for what he is. I think he's going to be a really good backup at the next level potentially. The other guy that I think some people are really high on, and it's it's just a pure upside play, pure upside play, is Dorian Thompson Robinson. He's mm-hmm. a guy that some people like because the athleticism. Like he's a really gifted athlete. He's got a strong arm. Never really got to the level of a passer in college that you would want him to. But in in the right system, man, like again, develop yeah. behind you know in that Baltimore Raven system, for instance. Sure. Like he could be a good sure. backup in that. Look, in that dog, regard. if Tyler Huntley can start in a playoff game. Yes, for then Dorian Thompson Robinson can right. I Agreed. mean, no doubt about uh, it. I'll say this: if Jake Hayner was as big as Will Levis, I would. Yes, I would. He would be a dude. I mean, it would be dude. his arm is live, Ryan. I mean, it's it really live. And as you said, he can definitely make plays off 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 structure, right? Out you know, out of the pocket, he's climbing the pocket. He he's got good touch when he needs to. Yep. He's got good ball placement. He's experienced. He seems to be. He, you watch him play. He he. You can see him going through his reads. He's got all the tools except for one. He is small, and yes. he's been banged up. I mean, he got banged up a lot this past year. And the fact that he played where he played, I love that kid. I wish he was bigger. Here, here's a uh, here's a fun little random tidbit that when I was looking at the database is that so Jake Hayner is six foot even two hundred seven pounds. Tanner McKee is six foot six and a quarter, 231 pounds. They both have the same size hands, which is just yeah. kind of funny. That's wild. Funny. That's that is really wild. wild. <laughs> That's wild. So, I was I was uh I was talking about I pr- I pray to God that people didn't know what I was doing as a sophomore college. So my Michael Campbell <laughs> says, Was Brian Driscoll a freak nick in the 90s? The documentary is coming out. <laughs> no comment. Uh, so let's move on to the next one. <laughs> Tyler Smith says, who is your dark horse this season in each Power 5 conference? I'll name one. I think Penn State is going to be solid with Aller and Nick Singleton running the books. I don't know if I'd call that a, a dark horse. I mean, they played in the Rose Bowl last year. Now, again, they won like Rose 11 Bowl, games, didn't they? Right, they won 11 and yeah. 2. They beat Utah. Yeah. They only got to the Rose Bowl because two of the, the top two teams made the playoff, but – you know, I, I thought they competed with Ohio State pretty well. Yep. So, you know, I um, I wouldn't call them a dark horse. I think that the 
the dark horse for me in that conference, I'm telling you right now, the dark horse in the Big Ten for me of how I define a dark horse, which means a team you're not expecting, is Iowa. I'm I, I could see Iowa winning the Big Ten this year, depending on who they match up against in the championship game. They match up against Ohio State, they're going to have a tough time. That's a sure. bad matchup for Iowa. For Iowa. Iowa does not match up as well against Ohio State. Now, I know they had the one win. They're, Ohio State's a much different offense than they were in 2016, schematically in all types of ways. They match up a lot better. I think they, I think, I think they would match up a lot better against this Michigan team than they did the one two years ago. Yeah, in, in my opinion, I, I could now. Am I predicting it? No, but it, it that's that's my dark horse for the Big Ten. What my dark I was horse for the a good one? I yeah, because only because I don't consider Penn State a dark horse, I wouldn't be shocked if Penn State won the Big Ten. Northwestern I mean, baby fighting Pat Fitzgerald. That would be quite the dark horse. That who's your who, who's your dark horse in the uh, the ACC, Ryan? ACC Duke man Duke's the dark horse I really think I, I don't know why Duke is so underrated by the uh the FBI because I man like you have second year Mike Elko you have receivers coming back you have Riley Leonard taking a nice step you have offensive linemen returning I think that offense is gonna be really good in Duke this year man so mm-hmm. give me Duke I think Duke's a, a sneaky team yeah. I, I so when you say sneaky like could potentially play for the conference title yeah, I'll be surprised okay. if they're like ten okay. and two in a conference championship. Yeah. Like, yeah, man. Yeah, sure. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Um, my mine would be Miami simply because they're still really talented, and I think that that if Tyler Van Dyke can get back on track, I I, I think he's pretty good. Yeah, he's done some things this year that um, I don't love. You know, like yes. the whole I'm in the portal until Miami gives me a pay. Like that bothers me. I just. Yeah. That's rubbed me the wrong way. That's got me a little bit off the Tyler Van Dyke train, but but he's he's talented and he had a really good spring. Uh, Archer just said one too. I like NC State. I do because I think NC State's going to be a lot better on offense this year because of Rob, not because of Brandon Armstrong, but because of Robert and I. Yeah, I think Robert and I has proven he can put a pretty good offense on the field and do it quickly and get it turned around pretty quickly. I would and, like to and he's going to have a quarterback that knows with- what he can do. I would like to see Devin Leary with yeah. Robert and I, to be honest. Well, the only reason nice. that I think it's better for them to have Brennan Armstrong is simply because he knows the offense. That's it. Yeah. I mean, Devin Leary's about, and, and the injury history. They both have injury history, so you can't really look at that. Yeah. But I also think Robert and I's offense is better when he has a quarterback willing to run. And that's what Jaron Hall wasn't willing to run enough last year to me. He Rob, Brennan Armstrong will take off and run. He will. And and I think that fits what they're doing. And they're good. I mean, Tony Gibson's done a really – I mean, you've talked about it a lot, Ryan. He's done a really nice job building a, a defense with NFL players on it, and, and they yeah. know what they're doing. So I do like that NC State one. I don't know if I'm willing to say they're going to win the title because I have no faith in Dave Doran to yeah. get a, thing, a team through 12 games. But if Dave Doran can not be that, then, yeah, I, I, like, I, I like where they're at this year. But – um I think Clemson and Florida State to me are still the class of the ACC, and, yeah, and I think Clemson's going to be better this year than they were the last two years, in my opinion. And I think Florida State to me is the is the is my pick to win that league this year as of right now. Big Twelve, Ryan, do you have a dark horse in the Big Twelve? I mean, you could Big technically 12. say Texas since they were eight and five last year. <laughs> I, I guess that's where I would defer to. I mean, I, yeah. I, Kansas State maybe yeah. Kansas State might be a sneaky team. Yeah. I mean, they lost Deuce Vaughn, but. I mean, the, the quarterback they have was actually playing pretty well down the stretch after Adrian Martinez got hurt. Well, Howard, he yeah. was playing pretty good football. So and they're always going to play a tough physical brand of football, man. So, I mean, could they make it to the championship game? Sure. I mean, did they do it last year? They did it last year, literally. So, yeah. Baylor's mine. 
They that had a lot thing. of guys coming back from last year's team, and Dave Dor- Dave Aranda has shown when I have a team with a lot of returning starters, I can I can do some damage. I love Dave Aranda. Yeah, yeah, yep. he's a really good defense of mine. Yep, really that's mine. Uh, Pac twelve. Who, who? Somebody said UCLA. I think that's a good one because I mean Oregon's Washington not a, State, baby, Washington like, State. So let's say this: like Washington, UC, or Washington, USC, and Oregon cannot be dark horses because they're all considered the best teams in that division. Yeah, Washington State. I mean, I, you said it kind of jokingly, but I like. No, I'm, that I'm, I'm serious. I think okay. defensively they're going to be very rock solid. And yeah. I think Cameron Ward in year two is going to take a big step. That's, That's the one because I think the yeah. reason a lot of these kids that go from the the the, the FCS level to Division One for one year struggle a lot of times. Yeah, but because they're only there for one year, they don't have the time to get used to the speed of the game. Yep. I think to your point, getting him in year two. Now, yes. I, yes. I think he's going to be. I think they they got a shot. I like what they're they're tough. They're a lot more physical than they've been in the past. Um, they play they played really good. Surprise! Their their overall numbers won't blow you away. They gave up twenty two points a game, mainly because the Washington game kind of inflated those numbers. But 17, 14, 7, 9, 24, 21, 14, 18, 20 are points that they gave up last year. I think they faded down the stretch. Because their yeah. depth, you know, got whooped pretty good by Fresno in the bowl game. Gave up a lot to Washington. Gave up a lot to 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 Oregon. But the thirty they gave up to USC is very misleading. They played yeah. very well defensively against USC that game. Oh, they were giving USC. Yeah. Uh, they were in USC some trouble early in that game. Yeah, man. they were. They were. And if if the offense takes that jump that you're talking about, Ryan, which I think it's certainly capable of, um, then they've got a shot to be. They got a shot to be that. I, I like the UC, I like the UCLA one that somebody mentioned in the chat. I, I, I have to find out who that was, but you know who my true my true dark horse. And you may tell me they don't count as a dark horse because of what they did last year. I think Oregon State is the team that could sneak up and and be. They could Utah better be careful because Oregon State is trying to out Utah Utah with <laughs> how they're building that team. Right, yeah. physical defense, fundamentally sound toughness in the trenches i now mean that's got, now they got dj Uyungo. Like yeah that, so. who yeah. i think fits what they're doing all the pressures off of him yep you know he's gonna play in a pro style system which we've said i didn't like the he even said it this week you know the system was not work for me i don't like that he said it it seems like you know sour grapes like dude you went like what five of something in your last game that's like not the of, system's fault or something like that yeah, yeah. i'm actually yeah. gonna pull that up like what his what his his uh the last game he played in he went eight of twenty nine against South Carolina. It's not great, bro. I hate to break it to you. That's not the scheme fault. That's your fault. No scheme is making you go eight for twenty nine. I'm sorry, that's on you. But I think in, to this point, it was in his head, right? Yeah. Fresh start, and I think Jonathan Smith is a good coach. And the scheme stinks. I've said this for years. Clemson won on talent. I've never, I've not liked their scheme since Chad Morris left. To be completely in, to completely honest with you. So, um, yeah. That that's where I'm at on that one. Yeah. All right. Let's um let's get to these last couple, right? Before we get out of here. Um sure. let's see here. I just thought this was funny by I'm gonna read this one by insured okay. by big. This is our LSU fan. He goes, Am I the only fan of my team that wakes up every day nervous of some kind of unexpected news? 
Ha ha. Due to the dysfunctions of previous staffs at LSU, I'm scared for life. Ha ha. Hey, bro, uh, we're Notre Dame fans. You've won three titles since the last time we've won one. So we don't want to hear you complaining. (laughs) You won a title four years ago. We have no sympathy for you, my man. No sympathy. I'll take this function sandwiched between a national championship and one of the greatest teams ever. Uh, all in good fun, though. But this is what we would call welcome to being a Notre Dame fan. But <laughs> that's what man. that's what our off seasons are like uh, almost every year. Welcome uh, to the 31 years of my life. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We have no sympathy for you, buddy. None whatsoever. Uh, here's a recruiting question from Katie. Katie Keeper <laughs> says, what are your expectations for Caleb Smith? He Is he as ready to play right away as the other three freshmen? Uh, no, I don't think he's as – I don't think – he doesn't have he doesn't have the 15 practice head start in some yes. ways I, I i well let me say no um i don't think he'll play as much but is he as ready yes i actually do think he's ready because i think Caleb smith's a pretty good route runner and and can do some things after the game he's the kind of guy you could just put in there say ryan let's throw in some crossers let's run him some now screens I, I think he could play as a freshman if he needed to so to answer your question katie yes i do think caleb smith is there the difference is in that area Here's the one big difference. Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores are physically developed players. Rico's 200 yes. pounds. Jaden Greyhouse is 210. Caleb Smith is Skinner. He's he's not going to have the strength that those guys brought to the table. And Chancey Stuckey pointed that out about Braylon James. He's like, Braylon put on 15 pounds as he got here. That's from January to March. Caleb's not going to have that advantage because he's not going to get here till June. Right. So I think that's the thing that's going to hold him back. He's not as physically advanced as those other guys, but his game is good enough. His polish is his athleticism, right? If there was a need for him, he could play as a freshman. I don't think there's going to be a need. And I, yeah. and I think the strength is the thing going to hold him back, but yeah. yes, his game is ready to play as a freshman. In my that's opinion. one thing we don't talk about enough with the spring is like, yeah, you're getting the playbook, you're down, you're, you know, working with the coaches, but also, Coach Bayless time, baby, like getting some of that weight on you. I mean, that's very important, obviously, to get that full winter, spring, all of it, right? The whole gambit as far as the development physically. So Mm -hmm. big time. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We've got one from Joe Medina. Joe Medina says, Brian, was Chris Ty- oh, sorry. sorry. Brian, was Chris Tyree moved? <laughs> Good. Sorry. Was Chris Tyree moved to wide receiver because the staff knew Lorenzo Styles was planning to transfer? No, not at all. They moved him to receiver because they knew they needed to get in the football. If the staff knew that Lorenzo was going to transfer, they would have not let him practice. I mean, we, we saw that somewhere else. I don't think Lorenzo 
was saying I Lorenzo thought about leaving in I want to be fair because I'm not the biggest Lorenzo Styles fan with all based on a lot of things I've heard over the last year. But what Lorenzo did, however, is when he made the decision to stay at Notre Dame, he worked. I don't think he had the greatest attitude, but he worked. He played practiced hard this spring. He didn't look like a kid that was going through the motions to transfer. He he yeah. didn't. And so uh, there was no move there because of that. That's a fa- it's a fair question, Joe, but that's not why they moved. They moved Chris Tyree because they wanted to get another receiver out there, but they wanted to get that skill set. Ryan talked about it earlier. They don't have anyone like Chris Tyree at receiver, and they need someone like Chris Tyree at receiver. Lorenzo yeah. could do it, but Lorenzo's more of a vertical guy. You know, he's fast. So you could, you know, he's done. He's ran a reverse as a freshman, ran a now screen that went for a long way, but it's not the best part of his game. Chris Tyree's a guy that you just say, how can we get him the football in space as much as possible? And they don't have a lot of that. So that's what it was about. It wasn't about anything negative to Lorenzo or anything else like that, in my opinion. I I don't I don't think it was. Yep. Next question from Ant underscore VR. Hypothetically, if Notre Dame loads up on recruitments over the next few months and has a great season in the fall, can't they just take the Cedric Irvin approach if some high-level guys want to commit? I don't think you can do that. I, again, I think the yeah. only way, the only reason that I was willing to justify the Cedric Irvin thing is because there was a change in coaching. Yep. That's it. I would rip Notre Dame hard if they took, let's just use Jack Larson as an example because everybody's using him as an example. If yep. they dropped Jack Larson to take Jaden Riddell, I would crush the Notre Dame staff publicly in our shows. That. You can't do that. You're Notre Dame. You don't punish the kid because you screwed up your evaluation, right? You figure out a way to make it work if you're going to do it. I'm a big believer in that. Unless there's some extenuating circumstance where the kid gets in trouble, the kid's got a bad – I mean, if, if if there's some issue where, let's say, Notre Dame had a commitment from a kid named Johnny Jones, and they like the kid, and then Johnny's not going to class – He's not putting in the work. He's got a bad attitude. He's not doing the things that you said, okay, you're committed. Now here's what you need to do, then drop him. But you're not dropping him because somebody else came along better. You're dropping him because he's no longer doing the things that you need him to do to be a part of your football program, right? Then drop him. If if you say, hey, Johnny Jones, you're, you've committed to us. You told us you're not going to take any more visits. And he wants to start taking visits, drop him. Totally fine with that. But just because, oh, wow, something better came along. Because then you are now saying, I don't want to hear crap from you when your top players start looking around because now Alabama's calling. Right. I don't want to hear crap from you. Because you that's exactly what you did to, to, you know, this kid over here who did nothing wrong. Cedric Irvin did nothing wrong. Nothing. He was bought in. He was locked and loaded. If the if Lance Taylor and Brian Kelly were still the head, still the coaches at Notre Dame, and they'd have dropped Cedric Irvin, I would have hammered them for it. But when there's a change in coaching staff, that new staff needs to be able to be honest with young men and say, "Hey, look, I know the previous staff liked you, but I don't think you can play for me, and so we'd like to move on from you." I didn't love it, but I understood it, and I was okay with it because they were honest with them. And I felt terrible for Cedric because he Cedric did everything right, Ryan. Everything yes. right. Didn't visit anywhere else. Was totally bought in. Helped recruit other people to the program. He did everything right. But I understood it because 
it was a it was a change. I didn't like the way they went about it with Jack Larson, Jack Nickel as much, excuse me, because the coach that recruited him jumped the gun. That's on him. Yeah. You yeah. should have dealt with that at the time. You should say, hold on, Jack. I know that you want to commit, but listen, we're not ready for that just yet. I didn't like that one as much. But, you know, uh, it is what it is. So, no, I would I would not be okay with that. And I would not. I, yeah. That's not a precedent you want to start setting at Notre Dame. You got to be different. I would. I would rather people are going to disagree. I would rather Notre Dame lose and still be able to say we're doing this thing the right way, than to just start saying screw it. I don't care what it, how it impacts kids. We're going to do whatever we got to do to win. If that means that a kid that's been committed to us for ten months, we're telling you screw you because we got somebody better. I don't want to win that way. I don't. I don't think it's sustainable from a culture perspective either. Yeah. Like I don't want to be a millionaire because I stole that out. Right. You know? I don't want to be a millionaire because I stole. Right. If I become a millionaire, it's because I worked my butt off and I did it the right way. Not that I really care about being a millionaire. I'm just trying to make a point. Right. I I, I know. I don't want to do it that way. I don't want to do it that way. I, do it. That's why I became a Notre Dame fan because they do it different. Now Notre Dame is not perfect. Right. They're not this high and mighty. Never do anything wrong. You know. They got their issues. They got their demons as well. But when it comes to that, I just I would never support that. Yeah. And as long as that kid's doing what he he said he was going to hold up his end of the bargain, you're and he's done that. Then you don't drop a kid, in my opinion. You just just don't don't take a kid early if you're not sold that he's definitely going to be there. That's don't it. penalize don't penalize a good a kid for not doing anything wrong, man. That's just right. kind of where it is. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Now, and and I understand that the, the, I get where you're coming. I'm not hammering you. I, it's a very fair question. I get yeah. it. We've seen Notre and, Dame and do programs it. do it, and programs yes, do they it. Do. Like, not just Notre Dame, but a lot of yes, programs they do, do it. <laughs> the only time I support it is if a kid's not doing what he's supposed to do, and and, yeah. and 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 or if there's a coaching change, right? Like a real coaching change. That's it. And you better do that early, like really early. I the only knock I had on them with Seven Irving things they should have made that announcement like right away. As soon as Dean McCullough came in and they realized, like, hey, this ain't the guy. They should have, they should have yeah. let him know. That's my only issue. My only issue. Next question from Irish Shytown. What's up, Irish Shytown? Brian and Ryan, should Notre Dame bring in a defensive back R.J. Moten from Michigan, who recently entered the transfer portal? Ryan, I spoke on this enough already. I was yeah. I brought I started this because I don't know if I've given you the opportunity to speak on this yet. Well, I know well, I've talked over you the two it's not times something we've that, asked this question. It's not something that I can give like an in-depth conversation because I the RJ Moten I know played at Del Rand High School. I haven't watched RJ okay. Moten at Michigan enough. You know, like okay. I know he wore I know he wore number six and that he's a bigger safety, you know, but I just haven't seen him play safety enough at Michigan to have a legitimate understanding of how he would fit into okay. the defense. What was he in high school? He played running player? back. He played running back and safety. He was more of a running back in high school, honestly. He was a very good player. Very good player. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll go ne- to never, never uh, lost to him though. Never lost to him. But yeah. Here, here's a good one. I'm gonna read this one, Ryan, because it's for you. Yeah. This is from Tyler Evans. He says, Who has the funniest mock draft that you have seen? I'm not gonna drop names, Tyler. Well, actually, I will drop one name in a minute, but uh, there is a site that has 2024, 2025, and 2026 mock drafts. So any site that does that is stupid. Is that <laughs> so the one that has like 97 Ohio State kids in the first round? Yes, okay. Has one. Jack Kaiser as a first round pick, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. I will say that the worst um, 
the worst conversation point I've heard of a mock draft was actually Chris Collinsworth was oh on a God. PFF podcast where he said with the 31st overall pick, he would draft Hendon Hooker to the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> and his reasoning was, the only way the Chiefs aren't going to be good is if Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. And what are you going to do if he's hurt? Right. What? 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 Everything he said was perfectly fine and reasonable, Ryan, if we're talking about a third round pick. Yes, yes. Or your yes, third pick of yes. the second round. Yes. Right? Yes. Totally yes, fair. Yes. But yes. your first round freaking pick? Like, yes. that was just like, come on, man. 31st overall pick's going to be a quarterback. Come on, bro. Come on, Chris. Come on, I, man. I, I would have <laughs> lost. If I was there, I would have lost my job because he's the boss. I mean, Chris Collinsworth owns yes. that thing. I yes, would have gotten fired. Yeah. I would have been like, I'm sorry. This is your site. You're the boss. I realize I'm going to be unemployed now. But that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of in my entire life. It was it was so bad, man. I I literally couldn't believe. But I I was like I was like waiting for someone to say that this was like an April Fool's joke or something. I was like, this yeah. is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It's so yeah. stupid. <laughs> yeah. What's a what you said? There was one funny one that you were gonna. Oh, that was it. That was oh, it. that was, was it. Was yeah. was that Chris Collinsworth mocked Hendon Hooker? Yeah. I had to pick thirty one. So that was fantastic. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I don't know if I if ever looked at a top a mock draft and thought it was funny. I just think that, this is dumb. That made this me laugh dumb. after I was like, wow, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, is this yeah. a joke? Is this like April Fool's Day or something like that? What the heck is going on here? Yeah, that was a bad uh that was used because I saw you tweet that, Ryan, and I was gonna call you and, yeah. and but then I saw you so sort of like, hey, I'm sitting on the floor in my daughter's room working kind of, I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna call him right now. So uh Juliet did not want to go to sleep last I, night, man. I know fantastic. the struggle Ryan's having right now, so I'm gonna go ahead and leave him alone. And then here, here's the last one right here from ND yeah. Cheat Cheat. His question is, or their question is, with recruiting boards, how specific do coaches get when identifying roster needs? Do they say we need two corners and three wide receivers? Do they say we need one boundary, one field, and one X, Y, and Z? Yes. And the reason I say yes to both is because it's 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 um you're building on it, right? So the first thing you do is you kind of come up, okay, here's what our here's what our numbers are that we're working with. We can give out right now 23 scholarships this year. Okay. Our defense has this many scholarships. Our offense has this many scholarships. As a program, our goal is to be, you know, let's say 44 defensive scholarships and 41 offensive scholarships. Right now, we have room for 23. And to get to those numbers, we can give, let's say, 10 on offense and 13 on defense. Okay. So offense, you have 10. Then you look at it and say, okay, here's how we're going to distribute these from position to position. And then when you get into the positions where there's more than one guy, receiver, no line primarily, okay, we have three receivers. What are our needs specifically? Now we need a shifty guy like Ryan was talking about. We need a shifty. Okay, so we've got to get that type of skill set, whether it's a Z or an X. You know, look, man, we, we are we are now, because when this class arrives, Deion Colsey is going to be a, a senior. Deion's the only like true, true boundary that we have. We really need to get a boundary guy this year. Yeah. Right. So then you get into that once you kind of figure out what your numbers are. Well, how are we going to allocate these scholarships to positions? We need, we need three. We we can we got three offensive. We're going to bring four offensive linemen this year. Okay, look, we've we've signed a center three years in a row. We're great at tackle, so we're you know maybe a guard, but you know we're going to recruit just a bunch of tackles because tackles can move. Or it's like, hey man, we've loaded up. And this is where Notre Dame is. We this is why I was a little confused on the Anthony Knapp commitment. Yeah. Because you've loaded up on guards the last two years. You've already got Peter Jones in the class and, and, and you're going to take this kid and try to tell me that he can play tackle. 
I, I don't see it. Right? Maybe. You know, if he's got 34 inch arms, sure. But you've seen him in a pic. A, you saw him in person. I saw a picture yeah. of him. I'm like, I just don't see how that kid has 34 inch arms. I don't know who's doing the measurements on that. I just, I don't see it. You need tackles. It, they can pay right? me to come do the measurements. I'm just putting right. it out there, Notre Dame. Like, go. I'm pretty good at doing that stuff. There man. you go. Just putting it out there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I, I dig it. I dig it. But what I was going to say, Ryan, is like, but yeah. you look at it and say, well, look, we, we've loaded up on guards the last couple of years. We really need tackles. Yes. Right. Or, we're great at tackle. We're just going to keep recruiting tackles because we can move tackles inside. But this year, I do think we need to go get one pure interior guy that can come in. I mean, then there's the other part of it too is, okay, are we, are d- this year, do we need guys that can help us right now? Or can I take a chance on some projects? So you may say a receiver, like right now in this 2024 class, this is the year to take an Isaiah Canyon because you don't need this receiver class to come in and help you necessarily right away. Yeah, if they're good enough to play, they play. But there's not the need like there was in the '23. They needed at least one guy to be able to help out and play. That fact, or you may say, look, we need someone to play right now, so we got to make sure that we get at least one guy, or preferably two, that are polished enough to come in right now and help. So those things are all part of the process of evaluating what your needs are. Big picture numbers as a class. What's your minimum? What's your maximum? What are the what, what are the errors on our roster that we can might see some movement that could then add to it? And then if we do, where does that add additional come from? How do we allocate offense and defense? And then within that, what are the numbers or the specifics that we're going to do from a position? Do I need more field corners, boundary corners? Do I need more middle linebackers, rovers? Do I need more interior D linemen out? Those are all factors into it. But the bigger picture numbers have to go first. Then you do the allocate sides of the ball. And then with that allocation, you figure out what your specific needs are. So I hope that that answered your question. Uh, I think it did. It was a pretty good answer. I'm not gonna lie, it was a good answer. Pretty good it was good a great one. answer, man. Great but uh, yeah, let's say with anything, a lot, th- a lot, a lot of stuff is like we as fans, Ryan, we do this. It's just oh, you, you t- take as many kids as you want. Well, that sounds great. Yeah, I would do that on NCA all the time back in the day. You know why? Because I just go through and cut a bunch yeah, of yeah, cut a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know why? Because yeah. they weren't real human beings. <laughs> so I just cut them. You know what I mean? Um, it's a different deal. There, there is a lot more that goes into this than just take four receivers. Well, it's not that simple. Ah, take take five, six defensive linemen. It's not that simple. Now you have 27 defensive linemen and three linebackers on your roster. That was the whole beef we had with the Texas A&M class too. You said that class isn't as good as people make it out to be. Well, it, uh, this many points. Yeah, half the class was defensive linemen and receivers. It's seven offensive uh, defensive linemen in that class. And they're like, what, five receivers? Something like that. It was nuts. Well, okay, who's playing linebacker for you? You literally signed one freaking linebacker. You're going to bring back the 6-1 defense? (laughs) You know what I mean? So you got – and that's what I think people are underestimating about how good Notre Dame's 23 class was. They landed starters, multiple starters, caliber players at every position except two or three. Tight end running back, quarterback, because they only signed one, right? They signed an offensive line class that can play together, a receiver class that can play together, a D-line that can fit together to a degree. Only thing that class was missing last year, in my opinion, from a line was a Viper. That's it. Yeah. And there you could say, well, Preston Center? Maybe. You know? Possibly. Right? So um, it just there's just a lot. There's just a lot that goes into it. There's a lot that goes that goes into it. So, 
we we had a question from Irish Mills about Tyler Buckner and all that. I think Irish Mills, you joined late. I would encourage you to go back to the beginning. That was the first topic we talked about. Um, I'm there's no way we're going to wrap up now, so there's no way I can give you a good answer there. I just go go back to the beginning and listen to that. We discussed the latest with that and whether or not we would or wouldn't take him back. So I just want to give you a chance to 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 check that out. So, but that's going to do it, Ryan. So, hey, folks, I'm going to ask you us to do us a big big favor. Hit that like button for us, please. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. If you have not done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the CFB Nation channel on our on our platform, our YouTube platform, and our uh, podcast app platform. But the reason that we're going to push YouTube now is because on Thursday night at 730, we're going to go live with a live draft show. So we're just going to kind of go through the draft, give you all our instant feedback, instant analysis, things that we're hearing. Have some fun with it. But we're going to do that on the CFP Nation channel. And as always, if you have not done so, sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. I promise you, you won't regret it. For Ryan, I'm Brian. Y'all have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.